I just thought of it. I should have told you much earlier. <laughs> but uh, Sandra Bullock was not in Pretty Woman. Who was that? Julia Roberts. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> so I don't really think the the Whisper Monsters would have wanted her autographed copy of the uh, DVD. I'll be honest. How would they know? It's not like they watched the movies. Maybe they just mistook her for someone else. That must be it. They're just chasing around the wrong person. That was yeah, the whole exactly. movie. It, it, it's even better that way. <laughs> everybody and welcome to book retorts i'm danielle i'm sam and this is the podcast where one of us explains a weird wait, piece wait, of wait, media wait. danielle this isn't book retorts <gasps> oh my gosh it's spook retorts <laughs> <laughs> yes spook retorts bad danielle no biscuit <laughs> No Halloween candy. No candy corn this year. Oh, that's actually a blessing in disguise. I like candy corn, I know Sam. you do, and I will never understand that. <laughs> anyway, this is Spook Retorts. Spook Retorts. <laughs> the podcast where one of us explains a weird piece of uh, Halloween-themed media to the other that they have no experience or knowledge of. I'm so inexperienced, like a newly turned vampire. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, thank you. I yeah. thought about it long and hard. <laughs> and points to you. Excellent. Okay, so Sam, yes. you may recall in recent weeks, we introduced you to Sandra Bullock. Oh, are we doing more Sandy today? We are. Oh, I'm excited. My apparent dearth of Sandra Bullock knowledge is about to be corrected. It is. I mean, I don't know if the net was the proper introduction to Sandra Bullock, but... <laughs> it wasn't my introduction. I know who she is, Daniel. I've seen her movies. <laughs> She's giving me a hard time. <laughs> So this this week, Sam, we are doing what I promised we would during the net. Oh, right. I forgot about that, Danielle. I forgot we're doing Bird Box. Completely forgot. <laughs> I know you did because you asked last week. You're like, what are we doing? And I'm like, I'm not going to tell you for many reasons. That's the entire <laughs> shtick. But also, <laughs> you should know. <laughs> I should have known. That's all me. Well, lucky for you. So 2018 movie, Bird Box, Netflix, if you want to watch it. <laughs> you sound unsure about that recommendation, Danielle. I mean, it's a decent enough movie. It has some some stuff, as you'll see as we get into it. Okay. So I am going to give just a little bit of a trigger warning about suicide. Mm. I am not going to go in depth on all this, but it does play an important role in this plot line. So just a heads up to our listeners. Thank you. You're welcome. So I am going to send you the summary here. We'll get this party started. The spooky party started. Oh, boy. First, you put a bird in a box. Step two. <laughs> You cut a hole That's in that... It. Oh, wait, no. <laughs> you might want to cut a hole. Step one, cut a hole in a box. <laughs> Step two, put a bird in that box. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> that is the plot of Bird Box. Oh, I thought so. All right, here we go. Five years after an ominous unseen presence drives most of society to suicide, a survivor and her two children make a desperate bid to reach safety. Now, Danielle, this sounds almost exactly like The Happening. I have not seen The Happening, so I can't tell you that. <laughs> you, I mean, The Happening is where uh, plants emit magic pollen that causes people to commit suicide and oh, Mark yeah, Wahlberg yeah, has to run away. 
Yeah, I mean, I would say that this movie is a combination of several different movies. <laughs> okay, great. Well, if it's as good as the happening, I'm very excited. Yes. Uh, and I will say that Sandra Bullock carries the heck out of this movie. Oh, well, she's amazing. We've already established that. <laughs> yeah. This like literally puts this movie together and pulls it along. All right. Well, I can't wait to hear about Bird Box. Bird Box. Bird Box. Interesting title for this movie. So it opens with mountain scenery with a beautiful river coursing through it. I'm already relaxed. Yes. Uh, But you won't be shortly because there's a voiceover that's clearly kind of on like a walkie-talkie radio system. And it's a man saying, we have a place, a compound. We have a community. It's safe here. How many are there? Are any of them children? Because the fastest way to get here is by the river, and I don't think you could make it with kids. Uh, bummer for the kids. (laughs) Uh, yeah. And so then it switches. Cut scene to a woman's face. It's Sandra! Yay! Yay! Movie over. Best movie ever. (laughs) She's looking at the camera and she's talking to someone in an extremely stern voice. And she is telling them that they're going on a trip. And it's going to feel like a very long time. And they have to be very careful. They have to be very quiet. They have to do every single thing she says or they will not make it. They are not allowed to take off their blindfolds no matter what. If they hear anything, they have to tell her. If they take off their blindfolds, they will die. And there is no talking on the river. And you'll never get to Disneyland. Yes. I don't (laughs) think who she's talking to has ever (laughs) been to Disneyland. Kids, we're going to Disneyland, but you have to do exactly what I say. We'll never get there. You can't take off your blindfold or you will die and no Disneyland for you. I'm pretty sure that's how I ended up at Disney World. Okay, that makes sense. So the camera pans out. She is, of course, talking to children, as you might have thought. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I surmised uh, that children would be involved when they were mentioned first thing in the <laughs> opening narration voiceover thing. So there's two children, and she calls them boy and girl. Wow, how how compassionate. Well, we'll get there, Sam. And they're, they're little. I'm going to say about five-ish, <laughs> six. Um, and she, timeline-wise, probably about five-ish. And she, they're played by Julian Edwards and Vivian Lyra Blair. Okay, uh, just a quick aside, Danielle. One thing, don't know who children actors are, so thank you for their names, but that doesn't help me. But, <laughs> but more importantly, she is doing this all wrong. She, instead of like trying to scare the children, she did like a life is beautiful scenario where she made it into this game that children wanted to play. Okay, we're going to get into her character and she is definitely not a life is beautiful, let's play game mother figure to these children. <laughs> Uh-oh, okay. <laughs> we're going to get into her uh, history here. I'm just saying her tactics are wrong for getting compliance from children. Yes, maybe, but I mean, it works sort of. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Sorry to interrupt so much. Let's get back into it. (laughs) So they nod agreement. They're packing and there is a shot of a bird in a cage and Sandy, all of my notes say Sandy with an exclamation point up to this point, (laughs) takes the bird in the cage and puts it into a box that has holes in it. Um, She followed the proper procedure, Sam. The bird box. (laughs) The bird box. So Sandy, who then I finally looked up her name because we're several minutes into this film. and I'm like, I'm never going to know the name of this character. That's one of those, huh? And her name is Mallory. Mallory. Okay. Well, either one works for me, Danielle. <laughs> well, I'm, I have another character I'm going to call by his actual actor name. So let's get Sandra's into <laughs> Mallory. All right. Well, that's your call. Mallory is seen walking very swiftly through this property with the kids and they're all blindfolded. And the camera actually switched to the blindfold vision. So you can kind of see some light like light shadows, vague light shadows, which is an interesting premise because it's like for some reason she's not supposed to be able to see, right? But she can kind of see through the blindfold. So not I have very questions. good blindfold, then eh? <laughs> 
The property has these like tripwire lines around the outskirts, which she uses to guide her. Oh. And I assume just maybe they could trigger something if something came on the property. I don't know. But she's using them as guidelines and they guide her to a staircase that leads down to a shoreline that's along the riverfront. Okay. Trying to get a boat. Who doesn't love boats? Yeah. And there is a rowboat down there that's, you know, kind of covered by all these leaves and stuff. And she pulls it out and the kids and herself get in there and they start paddling down the river. So it's like a Huck Finn situation, eh? Yeah, blindfolded. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't read that book for a long time. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they're not blindfolded, Huck Finn, but I could be wrong. <laughs> All right. Well, I won't say anything more about that book because oof. <laughs> the camera zooms out, does that creepy music from afar thing, and it looks like someone's kind of watching a little bit. So suspicious and mysterious. It, this reminds me, again, I'm sorry to keep bringing it, this reminds me of the 13th Warrior when you had all the evil things in the woods that didn't do anything. Yes, except these things eventually do something. Oh, okay, <laughs> so well. It's got one up on the 13th Warrior, which, you know, <laughs> low bar. <laughs> if anything goes anywhere in this movie, then it's already ahead of the 13th oh, Warrior. burn on Michael Crichton. <laughs> So time the time shifts were five years earlier, uh-huh. and Mallory is painting uh, at a uh, what is it called gallery? No, she's just in a house, but she's she's painting, okay. and a woman walks in and is she's like an artist painting, not like wall painting, right? Okay, and. A woman walks in and is watching before turning off the music that's blasting in the house. And this is Jessica. And it's her sister. She's played by Sarah Paulson. Okay. Jessica and Mallory. Yes. She tells her that the store was packed, that this thing, quote unquote, must be serious. Mallory has no idea what she's talking about. And Jessica's like, are you serious? Turn on the TV. What's wrong with you? People are paying according. Makes sense. <laughs> yeah. The news says that the airport and transportation shut down. People are escaping the city. Witnesses are reporting mass unexplained suicides that had started in Europe and have spread across it into Russia. Tens of thousands have died, and there's also this unexplained violent mobs and people burning buildings, like just all this insane stuff going on. Uh Uh-oh. That's not good. Yes. As far as experts know, it's not pathological or viral, and they're asking the public to remain calm. Yeah, that's going to (laughs) work. Yeah. And my notes are, sure. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Now, I would love it if it was pathological because there are parasites that like infect ants and make them climb up on the top of grass with giant like red bulbs on their head so that they will be eaten by birds to start their parasite life cycles again. Uh-huh. So this was like a creature doing that to humans. That'd be amazing. Oh, man. This, that would have been such a better movie. <laughs> we need to write that. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard of that. And now I really want that to exist. <laughs> All right, get on it. (laughs) So Mallory kind of disregards it. She's like, well, that's weird, but it is Russia, so. (laughs) I know. And she walks away from the TV, which shows an image of an arrow going over to Alaska from Russia. And I assume that's for all of us United States citizens that don't understand how close Russia and Alaska are. Or who played like a risk as a child and because Alaska's on the uh, left side of the board and Russia, Kamchatka, is on the right side of the board and you can go from one to the other, but you have to wrap yes. around the entire board and people always forget. So yeah. yeah. Exactly. So it's for all of us who did not remember how risk worked. Yeah. Well, risk, more educational than you think. It is actually. I'm going to hold to that for the rest of my life. Okay. <laughs> So her sister invites her to go check out a horse. I guess she does something with horses. <laughs> hey, you want to go check out this you don't horse? Know a lot about yes. <laughs> and Mallory is like, actually, I have an appointment with my my OB, my obstetrician. And the sister gets very excited, and it's clear that Mallory is doing something with a baby. 
doing something with the baby. You don't know quite yet what's going on. Like trying to have one or carrying one or surrogating yeah, it's clear, one? It's clear that some, like, oh, we could check on the baby, but you don't know if that means that she's pregnant, if there's a, somehow a person that's pregnant, like a surrogate. Like, we, we don't know okay, what's okay, going okay. on quite yet. So she seems to also have some reservations about attachment. This clearly comes from her family situation. They don't get super into it. And she also recently broke up with some dude named Ryan who doesn't play any role whatsoever. Ryan doesn't play any role? Nope. Well, then I'm glad they brought him up. <laughs> I think it's just establishing that she has some like severe attachment issues. She's definitely not super into this baby thing, but it feels obligated to go to the OB. That's going to turn out well for that poor child. Uh, yep. Yeah. So cutscene, they're walking through a hospital, and surprise, Mallory is super pregnant, which you did not get from the camera angles earlier. <laughs> I actually re rewound it, and I remember thinking this is the very first time I watched it back in 2018. I was like, oh yeah, I was confused. I didn't realize she was pregnant. That is amazing. Surprise, baby bump. <laughs> it's really big, too. She's like, you know, eight months along or something. Wow. <laughs> And the doctor is played by Parminder Nagra, who's spend it like Beckham. <laughs> Ooh, I love that movie. Yep. So she's the actress in that. And she has a whole conversation with her about, you know, birthing. And also because she can tell that she's very on the fence about this, this kid. It's a little late gives, for that. I know. Well, she kind of has that conversation. She's a pretty straightforward doctor. She also gives her an adoption handout. Like, you don't have to keep the child, but here's an adoption handout. It's another option. And her sis sister goes to um, pull the car around to pick her up. So as uh, she Mallory's leaving the hospital, a woman that she saw earlier chatting on the phone is suddenly like rushes to this window and starts beating her head against the glass. And oh, Mallory no. like books it. She starts running out of the hospital. Yeah, no kidding. To her sister's car is waiting out front. And she's like, it's happening here now. Whatever is going on in Russia, like we need to go, 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 go. <laughs> like, And just as she's saying this, an ambulance uh, drives right in front of their car and slams into another car. And they like peel out of the hospital and start driving down the road. Creepy. And her sister, because she didn't see really any of this other than the ambulance, she's like, what the heck's going on? Like, she's going like, well, let's go to my house in this other city over there. Well, like until everything kind of passes, you know, like we'll, we'll hunker down there. And as they're driving, you can kind of, it starts getting like more and more chaotic. You can see the cars driving erratically around them. There's some kind of explosion in the background and people are fighting in the streets. Like it's just like instant chaos. That's, that seems about right. I mean, having lived through a, or living through a global pandemic, people do not react well. Especially when it's like slightly supernatural in yeah. tone. Yeah. <laughs> So the phone, the cell phone rings from the purse in the back and Mallory reaches for it because she's, uh, Jessica's driving. And as she's like trying to get it out of the purse, Jessica suddenly goes wide eyed and starts, she's like, what am I seeing? What am I seeing? And Mallory kind of like is looking around the car. She looks up, she doesn't see anything. And Jessica's eyes remain like wide open. She begins to tremble. She looks like super sad. And then she just starts driving erratically down the road and Mallory grabs the the steering wheel. She's trying to stop it, and it finally the car slams into another car and flips into the air, landing upside down. Uh oh. Yeah, this this movie does this like zero to sixty thing several times, where you're like, "What is going on?" Yeah, that is abrupt. <laughs> yeah, there's a great scene there later you're gonna love. That's just like <laughs> wild. <laughs> Oh, I'm excited. So people are running down the street and they're crawling out. They both survive. They're crawling out of the car. And Jessica clearly is under whatever compulsion she's under. She walks away from her. She looks back at her once and then just steps in front of a truck. She's gone. No! I know. It's very sad. Bye, we knew Sarah Jessica Wilson. so well as a character. <laughs> 
And Mallory like tries to reach her. It's too late. Chaos is just filling the streets. People are running and screaming. And she kind of like gets hit by another person and falls down on the on the street. And alongside the road, there's this house, and there's a man and a woman standing on the porch. And the man, played by John Malkovich. Oh, hey! <laughs> hey. <laughs> That's part of every movie. <laughs> <laughs> He's telling the woman that's with him to get inside. And she's like, I can't. The lady's pregnant. I've got to go grab her. And so she's kind of like running out, trying to get her off of the street. And she's like, come into the house. Come into the house. And she suddenly just stops. And she looks off to the side. And she starts calling for her mother. She's like, mom, is that you? And her mom's not there. Obviously. <laughs> There's nobody in front of her. <laughs> And she's like, oh, don't go, mom, don't go. And then randomly just like turns away and walks to this burning car and gets inside. And Malkovich is watching. He went into the house. He's like watching from the window. He can't like do anything. Yeah, no. People are screaming, running. And uh, this other man approaches Mallory and just kind of like kind of scoops her up and is like, keep your eyes down. And they're like rushing to the, ha- the same house. So like she's trying to get her into the house. These people immediately realize what the trigger for this thing was. Like, keep your eyes down. Like, I would not figure that out. Well, this guy will get into it in just a minute but he does have a little bit of background as to why he might know this okay but no like most people don't seem to realize what's going on at least not at this point but they do kind of figure it out sort of quickly though i guess if you saw everybody just staring at things you would think that it's somehow visually centered (laughs) or you know maybe it just like affects their brain in a way where they get all spacey absolutely i mean they could just be hallucinating things yeah exactly like this is you know not a settled thing I, I don't disagree with that. But this particular guy, they actually... This movie doesn't do a terrible job of using things that it puts into play. It does kind of explain a lot of things. Well, that's the rare for us. The things it doesn't <laughs> explain are like really large things. Oh, okay. like, uh, back on track. <laughs> where you're just kind of like, but how does any of that work? <laughs> I was worried for a moment there that we were outside of our comfort zone with a movie that made good use of all its laid groundwork. And then you're like, oh, but it doesn't explain anything. Like, okay, good. Back in book retorts territory. <laughs> Some of the choice, it, it does actually like think a plot point goes to plot point like it should in a, like a normal movie, the movies we don't often do. <laughs> but the, some of the choices this movie makes are wild. <laughs> so that's the fun part. So Malkovich is like, don't open the door. Like he's, you know, doesn't want to. But this, there's another guy with him that's in that's inside, and it's clearly this guy's house. And so he's like, it's my house. I'm gonna open the door. And so he runs over and gets the door open and lets them inside. And Malkovich stares at Mallory. Kind of, he's in shock. Obviously, he's yeah. like, because his wife's gone. <laughs> like, that's that'd be rough for anyone. Is. Yeah, he's like, she went out there to help you, and now she's gone. And Mallory just kind of looks shell shocked, and you know, she's clutching her stomach. She just fell, so she's worried about that. And sure. It's a whole mess. So apparently there's a whole group of people inside of this house. Just like, oh, this is the one house everyone decided to congregate in? Yeah, I'm sure they're probably like grabbing people or neighbors or whatever the case may be. You just, you, you do not get a whole lot about the people in this house. Okay, well, that's good. <laughs> I'm actually going to like kind of ignore some of the characters because they're so irrelevant to this. I appreciate that, Danielle. Thank you for sparing me. You're welcome. So Malkovich's name is Douglas. He's a cranky old man. Yeah, he tells them they're all going to die soon. <laughs> but who's his character, Danielle? Who's his character? That's just Malkovich. Who's his character? Oh, yeah. No, totally. It's completely John Malkovich being John Malkovich, <laughs> as with every movie John Malkovich has ever been in. <laughs> I love John Malkovich. 
I mean, I love that he's always John Malkovich. Yeah, no, it's great. I can't unsee John Malkovich when he's acting. He's like, this is classic bio-warfare. We're all going to die. Like, he's that guy. Oh, okay. I love him. Yeah. And then the map on the TV shows the issue spreading with orange and red dots, you know, just in case you were unclear. (laughs) I was unclear, Danielle. Thank you for clarifying. You're welcome. So just in case you didn't realize, the entire street was covered instantaneously with people running around and destroying things. Yeah, no, that was super unclear that there was a disaster happening. (laughs) So they're obviously trying to figure out what's going on. And the guy who rescued Mallory off the street says to the group, he's like, well, my crew saw one. One of the guys, like, he had the same, like, the big-eyed expression, and then he suddenly laid down in front of a bulldozer, and another tipped a truck into a ditch. And I think there's a correlation between seeing whatever it is, and then it makes you crazy or want to hurt yourself. Like, there's, so he thought maybe there was a visual element. That's why he told him to keep her eyes down. Fair enough. So that was just his best guess. Yeah, that makes sense, because he saw people do it. So they start to close all the windows, and and, you know, block them with like newspaper and stuff. And Mallory's kind of mostly ignoring everybody. They're all having a little group chat in the living room or wherever they are. And is trying, she's trying to make a phone call, but her cell just keeps going to busy. I'm not sure who she's trying to call. Right. I, she call her sister because that's not going to work. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it's family or what. It never really comes back around. And then signal suddenly goes out on the TV. So they don't know what's going on anymore. No, of course not. So one of the people in the group, his name's Charlie. He's apparently, I don't know, kind of into spirituality or something. Uh... <laughs> I would hate to be stuck in the apocalypse with Charlie. No, he's actually great. So you think when he starts to talk, you're like, oh, man, not that character. It's like it's a disaster character or Uh something. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly where my mind went. Yeah, but uh, it's actually it's one of my favorite characters. Okay, well, prove me wrong, Charlie. So he's played by Lil Rel Howery, and he's basically like, this is endgame. Humanity's been judged, and we've been found wanting. But like I said, it's less creepy than it sounds at the beginning. <laughs> Wait a minute. So now we I think we would have been judged a long time ago. Like, there are many points in history I think we can judge harsher than now. Oh, sure. But he's basically saying, like, you know, in most religions, most mythology, they're like demons or spirit creatures. And the people who, who survive always describe the encounter with that entity, that it always takes on the form of like their worst fears or deepest sadness or greatest loss and he's like that's where we are right now this is what's happening and the group's like okay did you like study this where did you learn that because you work at a supermarket like (laughs) (laughs) well a man could be into spirituality while still working at a supermarket guys don't be so judging classist charlie says he's like well it's the internet it's where you get all your information guys oh charlie no (laughs) he's writing a novel Oh, Charlie, no. (laughs) I love Charlie. He's definitely the best character. <laughs> okay. And so Tom, that's the guy who has, who saved her. He's played by Trevante Rhodes, and he comes into the living room and kind of touches base with her because she's now like separated herself from the group. She is not having this discussion. And Mallory kind of breaks down about Jessica and like everything that's happened, and he comforts her a bit. And then Malkovich Douglas comes in and says that his wife wasn't talking to her mother when he went at, when she you know called her name. She's been dead for ten years. And yeah, we like, figured yeah, that. Thanks, Malkovich. <laughs> oh, it was very unclear. That she wasn't talking to someone who wasn't there. You know, real <laughs> real insightful there, Malky. I'm sure that's just so that we have an idea of maybe what's going on. Yeah, of course. I mean, we're obviously watching as external observers, so. So this is where the movie 
does uh, start switching between the scenes. So you get five years earlier, five years later kind of thing. Right. And so it jumps ahead five years later, and they've been on the river for six hours at this point. Man, I'd be seasick by that point. Yeah, I doubt it on the river. But you have to imagine that there's a Valerie, the two kids, they're all blindfolded in a rowboat, and this river is relatively quick, and she's just rowing along, hoping for the best. <laughs> blindfolded in a rowboat sounds like... <laughs> I don't know, either a children's song or a really obscure sex position. <laughs> I just want you to properly be able to visualize these no, it's scenes. Great. I, I, that, that phrase it will be indelibly burned into my brain, Danielle. You're welcome. That's what I'm here for. Great. Can't, can't, can't thank you enough. You're welcome. And so <laughs> this is when we find out there are apparently three birds in the box. Ooh. <laughs> three birds in the box, but only two in the bush. Oh. And... <laughs> She is under a blanket. They sans blindfold, like she's pulled it off while the kids are asleep, and she's trying to get a hold of somebody via the walkie-talkie radio, but it's static. Yeah. And the birds start to chirp, just kind of like you know, go a little nutso. Okay, good question. Might be yeah. irrelevant, but how does the battery still work in that in that walkie-talkie? Is there still electricity around? It's battery. I know, but like five years. Well, I'm sure they got more batteries, Sam. Okay. I don't well, know. <laughs> batteries didn't disappear in five years. <laughs> I just don't know. Like if it, I guess I'm thinking of it's like a rechargeable one or if it's like just no, double No, I think A's. it's a battery operated walkie talkie and she's gotten more batteries in the interim, which we'll kind of see as the plot goes on that they, you know, collect stuff from Okay. Places. Okay. Fine. All right. I was thinking about modern technology where like a cell phone, its battery does not last that long and you just order to replace it. No, I think it's just regular old walkie talkie batteries and, and you that's actually why see... replaceable batteries are better people yeah you actually see them get the walkie-talkies and given where they get the walkie-talkies from i'm gonna assume they're battery operated okay that's fair all right sorry <laughs> it's fine good question no it so, wasn't as the birds start to like chirp she hears whispers outside the blanket calling her name sandy <laughs> no. sandy <laughs> we love you and miss congeniality <laughs> Can we get your autograph? Oh, your rolling pretty women was a breakout success. <laughs> yes, that's what she's hearing, and that's why it's freaking her out. <laughs> Cutscene five years earlier. So. Oh, no. <laughs> so the group inside the house is listening to a radio announcement about making sure they don't go outside, don't look at the things. Clearly, some what news things? is needed out. The things, the creatures, they don't, they say the Sam. Oh, man, Sam, <laughs> you have to accept that these creatures just exist. <laughs> I accept they exist, but like, I would not accept that the Brock would be like, and remember, Bill, don't look at the things, you know, the things, the things we're talking. Nope, nope Sam, that is all the information you oh, have about the creatures. <laughs> that is such a terrible emergency announcement. <laughs> I don't think, it kind of sounds sort of like almost indie like, oh, like in, it's just in like, effect, a, like a it's pirate just some radio? guy, yeah. yeah, kind of thing. Like it's not definitely not official. Okay, and they're like, don't look at the creatures. So some news has made it out. Obviously, they've just figured out that it's some visual thing, and some time has passed. Though you don't know how much time has passed. Okay, but they're running out of food in this house. Understandably, you know, there's a bunch of them. I, I oh gosh, I've I run out of food in like a week in my house. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's a like pretty nice house. There was a couple yeah, but, that like, lived there. I don't stockpile like tons of food in my house. I have like a few cans of tuna, maybe. Oh sure. I mean, I probably could go a couple of weeks in my house, but I, I don't think I'd last super long, especially with like seven or eight people. Yeah, or yeah exactly. Like I'm not planning to have guests over, especially. <laughs> Well, don't open the door then, Sam. Uh, no problem. It's a disaster. It don't bird box it. Look, okay? If they're late, that's their problem. <laughs> so they're talking about the food situation, and suddenly there's a knock on the door. 
And there is a woman outside named Olympia. And there are definitely some mixed feelings in the house about whether or not they should open the door. Yeah, that's a question you got to wrestle with. Exactly. So Balkovich Douglas is anti-door. I'm going to call him MD because uh, I can't. (laughs) (laughs) MD is anti-door. He's like, do not open the door. We were all going to (laughs) die. Like, just stay in this house. And he seems like he's going for the gun that he actually had earlier at a shotgun from um, his own house. He lives nearby. And he goes to get it and Mallory picks up the rifle and holds it kind of at him, but also, you know, passed him to the door and he stops at his tracks and Tom goes to open the door. So they all close their eyes. They pass two blankets to the person outside to kind of cover up the area surrounding the door and they let the person in. Now, Danielle, I know you can't answer this question yet, but I am sincerely hoping there is an explanation for what or why these things, creatures exist. And if there isn't, if it's one of those like, we just don't know, it's a mystery things, I will be very upset. I'm not going to tell you, Sam. I know you're not going to tell me. I'm just just putting that out there at the beginning here. So if we get to that point, I can make a reference that I already laid this out. Okay. Duly noted, everybody. All of our listeners, take note that if there's no explanation for these these monsters, Sam is going to be very upset. (laughs) There's like... Nope, we just have no idea, and I'll be like, well, movie, you failed at the one thing you were supposed to do, which is be interesting. <laughs> it's going to be great. Uh-oh. Okay. <laughs> Olympia is played by Danielle McDonald, and Tom asks Mallory to put the gun down. He's like, okay, like, she's clearly a normal person. Let's put the gun down. And... MD is like, yeah, because you before you kill someone because you have no idea how it works. And Mallory, bless her little heart, empties out all the shells to the floor, showing she clearly knows exactly how the gun works. She knows how to make it useless, at least. <laughs> Great job. Yeah, but it stops uh, Cranky Pants in his tracks. So that's pretty funny. The look on Malkovich's face is pretty hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I do like Malkovich. Uh, Olympia's pregnant, so... Another one? Oh, yeah, is this the boy or the girl? Pregnancy. You'll find out. Okay. So she tells them that her husband is in the Air Force. He would he is, you know, out of the area and she's running out of food. She lives about a block away and she's been knocking on all the doors. And this was the first, pe- these were the first people that answered the door. And now they're like really worried about food because they have another person and not just a person. Yeah, but a person. that doesn't help. <laughs> So the guy who owns the house, his name's Greg. He's played by B.D. Wong. And he suddenly remembers, just in this moment, suddenly remembers (laughs) that he has video feed. (laughs) Video feed of what? His house. Like, his house is cameraed. He has a bunch of security cameras inside his house? No, outside the house, okay. like showing the entire property. All right. And it's a di- quote-unquote digitized image that shows heat signatures, and he thinks that maybe they whoa, can whoa, see whoa, whoa, the whoa, creatures whoa, 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 that way. Yeah, yeah, you blew past that heat signature camera nonsense really quickly. <laughs> well, that's kind of like they sort of explain in the movie, but basically like, this is how it works and we can see heat signatures. <laughs> So he has a bunch of IR cameras around the property. Is he a paranoid prepper guy? (laughs) Okay. So the weird thing is these cameras just show like, I think they're black and white images of just like nor of the, of the yard and all that stuff, but somehow supposedly also something with do with heat signatures, which does not come into play, Sam. And I. Okay. I thought maybe I that would help out, why. like, find the creatures or something, but no, I guess that's irrelevant. No, we'll get we'll get there, but it's not, like, quite what you think. This movie never goes exactly where you think it's going. But yeah, he has, like, really extensive camera system in his backyard. And it's still working, 
And he just remembered this? Yeah, he literally, they're like, well, how are we going to get out of here to go to a, you know, to a store or get more food or, you know, go to the neighbor's house to get food? And he's like, oh, I have some cameras. Maybe that'll work. <laughs> and you're like, Greg, how long have you been there, dude? <laughs> Greg, come on, Greg. <laughs> I was blown away. His name's Greg, right? <laughs> Yeah, his name's Greg. <laughs> okay, good. I can remember which one was Greg. If it makes you feel better, I actually got about four pages into my notes when I realized at some point I changed Mallory's names to Melanie. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no. That that does make me feel better. Thank you, Danielle. I had to go back and replace it all with Mallory. You shouldn't have. It'd be hilarious. <laughs> oh, good times. <laughs> So anyway, he points out that he has these cameras. Maybe they can keep a tra- keep track of it that way and then can figure out how to get out of the house. And everybody's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, we don't even know how these creatures work. What if you see it on a camera and you also yeah. go insane? Like, we don't like, – be- he's like, well, it's not like a direct image. You're not actually looking at the yeah, thing. Yeah, this is like the Medusa rules, kid. You don't know. <laughs> and so he volunteers his tribute, basically. He's like, I'll do it. I'll watch. Like, strap me down to this chair. You keep me safe in this room. And I will watch the cameras and see what happens. Like, I think it's worth the, worth it to see. So- Quick question. Whenever anyone's affected by these things, they're only a danger to themselves, right? They don't, like, go around killing other people. Okay, so right now, this movie plays very loosey-goosey with this idea. Okay. So theoretically, yes, they're only a danger to themselves. But there's definitely a lot of, like, people just going insane when this happens. And, like, eventually they seem to end up dead. But Sometimes there's they also go, a like, lot of violence bonkers. prior to that. And so I think the threat is, like, you may not just hurt yourself. You might hurt others in the process. So they don't quite know what's going on. But right now it seems like they pretty quickly hurt themselves and not necessarily others. But there's a lot of violence in that act. Right, of course. Okay. So Greg has volunteered to watch the cameras. Uh, everybody's like kind of against it. There was a big fight, but Greg's like, I'm doing it. Yep. So they tie him to a chair and they leave him in the room to watch his video feeds. And then they like shut the door and wander off because apparently there's like no guards at the door. Nobody watches him, which they could because like they're not watching the video. You know, like his gun in there <laughs> trained on him just in case. Yeah, like it's wild. They just literally all just go back downstairs. Oh, uh, they want to die. <laughs> it's insane. So as Greg, it's kind of like, he, it happens for several minutes. He's watching these screens. Everything else is happening in the house. And then some mysterious shadows and leaves seem to like cross the video screen in front of Greg. You don't see anything specific. just kind of like almost like wind. And uh, This is the happening. Yeah, basically. And then Greg's <laughs> eyes get very large. And bummer. Apparently the monsters can work via video screen. Yeah. Shows what you know, Greg. <laughs> Loser. Yeah, because Greg doesn't do too well, and they hear some pounding, and they all run upstairs, because none of them were upstairs to begin with. (sighs) And Greg, they throw open the door, and Greg definitely, like, falls over, because he's trapped in this chair, hits his head, and he dies. That was fast. Uh, This movie, man. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like, I don't know how quickly I could kill myself if I was strapped to a chair, but I don't think I could do it just by falling over and hitting my head once. Well, this movie uh, posits that that's exactly what happens. (laughs) I guess well done, Greg. (laughs) They're all covering their eyes because of the the screen and everything. Because they're kind of like all falling off the table and stuff. And Mallory rushes forwards and she's smashing the screens. And they show a lot of dead Greg. (laughs) Aw, Greg. We hardly knew he. 
I know. So that night, uh, Olympia comes into Mallory's room and she's like, you know, can we sleep in the same room given our condition? You know, we're both pregnant and they kind of have a little moment. Olympia's asking her what she plans to name the children and Mallory's like, well, I haven't chosen a name and, and they kind of go back and forth on that. And then Mallory asks about her husband and her family and then it's super awkward because as we know, she does not have a husband and her family just died. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Bummer. <laughs> so if she was like eight months pregnant when this all started, it has to be only been like a few weeks, right? Yeah, I'm going to say it's at least like maybe a week, maybe two weeks okay, since okay. The, the events. Like I don't think it's been super long because they're almost out of food. And like you said, who lasts seven, eight people in a house for that long without food? Right, of course. Okay, just just uh, kind of get the timeline straight. Yeah, there is no timeline in this movie. It's all supposition, Sam. <laughs> okay, well, trying to suppose the timeline into place. <laughs> and she's very pregnant, so I'm assuming that she's it's can't that not more than a month maybe passes during this time. So back on the river, they're 14 hours into their trip, and Mallory hears a guy shouting to her from somewhere. It's very foggy. Uh-oh. I know. He's like, you can take your blindfold off. I've got some food. And Mallory looks at the children. She's like, well, she doesn't look at them. She's blindfolded. <laughs> she turns <laughs> to the children, and she's like, under no circumstances will you be taking your blindfolds off. <laughs> like, this sounds like it's totally not a trap. <laughs> And she kind of rows off to the side of the river and she takes out her handgun and she's just kind of trying to point it at the voice that's talking. Obviously, she can't see him. And he seems to be maybe like rowing out of the fog. He's clearly getting closer. And he's like, I'm not here to hurt you. You know, just pull. I'm just here to pull you to shore. And she's like firing wildly. Why is she even like stopping to like just row away? I know. I don't know, Sam. And he suddenly makes it to the boat. Like, just appears, and he's apparently, like, maybe walking in the water. I don't think he has a boat. <laughs> he's walking on the water. All right. <laughs> bizarre. Like, maybe she's closer to the shore than it appears because he's just suddenly there. And he tries to, like, he pulls on her. He's, like, trying to get her blindfold off and, like, it's, you know, grappling with her. And the kids are hiding as well as one can in a rowboat. And he's yelling at her. He's like, I've seen one. I know the truth. Take your blindfold off. It's beautiful. And the birds are going insane and chirping. Yeah, of course. And she ends up pulling this machete out of her bag and she starts, like, attacking him with it. And he's yelling something about, like, it shall cleanse the world. Everyone must look. And then she stabs Uh-oh. him. And he kind of, like, he disappears into the murky depths of the river. He just kind of like leads, like he dies into it. Anytime someone's like, it'll cleanse the world, you immediately know that's a bad sign. Oh yeah, this movie just, I don't know. It's, I can't explain. This is like a red flag movie. the movie. It's wild. It has many different ideas that I don't think it really wants to like settle down on. Yeah, of course. So he has faded into the water and we go back to previously on Bird Box. <laughs> Charlie. I really wish they put that on. Previously on Bird Box. It kind of is, though. It's like uh, no, it's great. Charlie suggests that they go to the store where he worked at for food. Okay. He said, I locked it all up before I left. Um, oh, that would have so stopped people, sure. That's what I was thinking. As soon as he said that, I was like, they're going to break in, dude. Come on. Like- Grocery stores notoriously have glass doors. <laughs> I know, wild. And so he's like, "I locked it all up before I left, so it, like it's probably still safe. It's you know uh, like a huge store. Like let's go." So they decide to go on this run, and so it's Tom and Mallory, some random person, and Charlie and MD. Okay, so they're just running out, little eyes wide. No, 
So they get into the garage, they paint the car windows with like paint and tape everything up with some paper. And they end up using their GPS system plus plus their fancy car system, the one that alerts you when you're like getting too close to something. Okay, collision avoidance system, yeah. Yes, exactly. So they use those two systems in their car to get out of the, the garage and down the streets to the store. <laughs> I'm calling shenanigans on this because it's those wild. streets would be littered with like broken down cars. There'd be no way through if you could see. Yeah, and it's just kind of like a suburban street and there's definitely a ton of stuff on the streets because they do a couple of shops outside the car they're like run over a couple dead bodies like they're definitely hitting stuff but they're like trying their very best to avoid large objects and obviously they can't see so this is just like nonsense <laughs> yeah no absolute nonsense so the sensors as they're driving they're like almost there the sensors are freaking out though like it's showing that they have stuff everywhere around them and suddenly they stop the car because they're like oh my gosh is there another car on the road like what's going on and they suddenly start seeing shadows like come over the car Mm -hmm. uh, through the the windows and the car starts to like shake and rock spooky it is and everybody's like freaking out charlie's trying to get out of the car they're like stay in the car (laughs) why is charlie trying to get out of the car stay in the car charlie he didn't want to go he got kind of like forced into going is the one of the group well then he should have suggested going to his store i know well he's said that's all of my contribution i don't want to go i'm just telling you you should go there <laughs> oh okay well charlie you <laughs> they forced him so tom decides just to gut it and he like just like pile through whatever it is that's around them because clearly this must be the creatures and he almost hits the store like they follow the gps he almost hits the store but they make it they like park right in front of it essentially squeal to a stop and they've seemed to have outrun the creatures at this point like they're no longer around them all right danielle this is the point in every like post-apocalyptic movie where i think to myself i would probably have just given up by this point <laughs> <laughs> this is way too much effort to just stay alive in a world that sucks i think it's interesting that they didn't just all go to the next house over because originally they were like let's go over to malkovich's house because it's next door and then he has food (laughs) i mean that would have worked too but like every apocalyptic movie maybe it's just me being a lazy person but i'm like you know if the zombie apocalypse like i don't want to live in 24 7 fear and constantly be struggling and scraping like that sounds like a miserable existence yes it does but i would be the opposite of that i would 100 percent try to survive as long as possible why what's the point I, there's no there, i'm not saying there's a good point to that sam and the movie kind of actually gets into this a little bit later but like that's just who i am <laughs> <laughs> fair enough I, it's very interesting where i'm like this is why post-apocalyptic movies maybe don't impact me the same way as you but i'm just like yeah that just seems like too much work <laughs> I don't disagree. I mean, I, I like consciously and intelligently, I realize that that's a terrible idea. But like, I think I would live for the hope that maybe this is going to resolve at some point. We might go back to semi-normal. Uh, yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> I know. Crazy. Anyway, there's just a little insight into my psychology. And mine. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> So they make it to the store and Charlie basically like talks them in, you know, because he's most familiar with where everything is and they're all blindfolded. And I guess, as you said, nobody's broken the glass doors to get inside. He just like unlocks the door and they all go in. Wild. (laughs) And they get inside, they pull down all the blinds and stuff and they go shopping. Just go, wait, they take off their blindfolds once they pull down the blinds, just go shopping. Like, what the creatures are inside the store? Um, The creatures in this movie do not seem to ever enter the premises of places. So they are strictly outdoor creatures. (laughs) Somehow, like maybe they're vampires and they need to be invited in. (laughs) Oh, 
Oh, you just solved this movie, Danielle. <laughs> it's quite possible because there is not a single... They seem to be safe in the buildings. Like, they obviously worry about, like, opening doors and stuff, but they, like, open the garage door. They're not really worried about the monsters coming into the garage. Like, it's that's not ever a concern in this movie. Okay. Well, I'm glad those creatures have a respect for <laughs> privacy and property. Yeah, it's like a private, private property line or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they're just like, look, we would... We would go in there and cause them all to kill themselves, but, you know, that's not really our property. We're not really into trespassing. That just seems wrong. Yeah, no, there's no explanation as to why (laughs) they can't just come into the house and kill everybody. (laughs) Great. Wild. So, MD is super excited about the booze because apparently whatever state this is in, you can sell hard alcohol in the grocery store. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, Tom and Mallory have some bonding moments talking about their family, and she was apparently raised on a ranch, hence all the gun fun facts sure. that she had earlier. Gun fun, great. Uh-huh. And as she's kind of wandering the story, you know, picking up stuff, she sees three birds in a cage behind the register, and she's kind of entranced by them. How she's did like, they how? survive that long? Ex- that's kind of what she says. She's like, how? well, you guys are lucky. How'd you make it, you know? Do the creatures come in and feed the birds and leave? Yes. <laughs> Great. They're very nice creatures, Sam. They just want friends. They want friends. That's oh boy. <laughs> They're just trying to bring people over to their side. They're proselytizing. <laughs> That's why everybody's like, "Have you seen them? They're beautiful." Well, there's one person so far, Danielle. So we'll see. <laughs> so MD calls them over. He makes an announcement like, "Everybody over on aisle seven and he's like drunkenly toasting them. <laughs> and he's like, "Why would we ever leave this store? Let's just stay here." And like, there's like, "Well, we have a whole bunch of other people like at back of the house." And Screw he's like, em. "Just leave them." <laughs> like, yeah, totally. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And I'm thinking, just go get the other people. Like, if you wanted to stay in the grocery store, then stay in the grocery store. But, like, why is it either or? <laughs> yeah, honestly, the grocery store might be the safer place to be. It's not like one person back in the car to get the others. Yeah, it's weird. I and don't that know way, why. if the car is destroyed, uh, you know, you still have some people survive. That's true. I don't know what the thought process is because they still have to drive back to the house anyway. Right, which is incredibly dangerous. Yeah, it's crazy. But as they're kind of having this argument, a knocking interrupts. And it's Uh-oh. somebody who seems to be like in the freezer area of the deli. <laughs> Some guy like, like I don't know, I'll cryogenically freeze myself and get through this. Uh, it could be like a back storeroom, but it definitely looks like a freezer door. And I'm thinking like, why would you open the door to somebody like who's knocking in the freezer? <laughs> Do they have any of the guns with them or what? Um... I think they might have the shotgun. I can't remember. Oh, these people are the worst. So apparently Charlie is like, oh, that's Fish Fingers. It's the guy who works in the like meat section of the store. What? And yeah, that's the, the nickname. I got that. But like, you've been locked in the store all this time? Yeah, apparently. Like, I mean, they were working and he's, supposedly he's locked in there. And so they're like having this argument like, well, should we open the door and let him out? He's like, well, yeah, I know the guy is like a little weird, but like let him in. And he's like, let me in. I got trapped in here. And he's kind of like slightly incoherent, but he already, they already said that he's like already a little odd. So Charlie doesn't seem to think it's a strange conversation. And the birds start going nuts. And Valerie like kind of looks at them and then looks at the door. She's like, no, something's wrong. Like, don't open the door i there's a bad feeling about this don't do it uh-huh. and they've kind of already ajarred the door like they've opened it oh no <laughs> i know and fish fingers like throws his body weight he's a big dude he like throws his body weight on this this door and then they can't get the door shut like three of them are like trying to lean against it and he just keeps slamming his body weight against it and charlie panicking uh, he's like oh, God, like what do we do what do we do and he runs 
full body at Fish Fingers and like body slams him back into the freezer and the door slams shut behind the two of them. Oh, oh they're both in now. They're both in. Oh, they're like, yeah. Well, Charlie, it was nice knowing you. Bye, Charlie. Yeah. And you hear Fish Fingers tell him, he's like, look, it's beautiful. And then blood like seeps out from underneath the door. Also, I thought the creatures couldn't get inside. Well, apparently they can. In the Well... Apparently they can in the freezer, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> These creatures, and they make up their damn minds. I can't tell. Like, maybe this leads to an outside area, like a place where you bring in food through the door, like a garage a warehouse or something. I don't know. Okay. I don't know, Sam. And it kind of goes All quiet. Right. And then you hear fish fingers knocking again on the door. He's like, let me back in. You need to come in. <laughs> like... So he survived, but uh, Charlie, my favorite character, sadly did not. Aww. So I guess they're not staying in the store, and they somehow drive back and get into the garage again. You don't see that part. <laughs> well, yeah, because this would be the same thing again. Right. So as they get out of the car, the group's like, uh, where's where's Charlie? Don't worry about it. <laughs> Malkovich, like, you know what? It's just another novel I won't have to read. <laughs> oh, I like him. I know. Mallory's like, you're such a jerk. But with R-rated language. And then he's like, he saved us. Did he? Because you yeah, had a gun. You could have shot him, right? Fish well, I don't fingers? know if they had the gun. I don't think they... Well, this, why... So they go on this expedition and they don't bring their one weapon? They might... Sam, I don't remember, okay? I just... I, I don't I'm just remember. saying, these people are dumb. Either they didn't bring their weapon or they didn't use the weapon they brought. <laughs> either yes, way, either dumb. either way, stupid. I agree. Malkovich and and Mallory kind of have a little bonding moment later, so all's forgiven. But Aww. in the moment, they kind of get into it. So switch back. It's back to the river, river time. <laughs> and they've been on the river for 24 hours. Do they have food with them? Did she bring food? Yeah. So in the original message, which we'll kind of get to later, because I don't think you hear it in the beginning with the person over the video or the radio, radio, they say bring enough like food and stuff for at least two days. They highly recommend more because that's how long it takes to get down the river to the compound area. All right. So they have like a bag, some blankets, like some food. So just like not a ton of stuff, but enough to last, you know, a week or so. Good to know. So the boat... Suddenly slams against this, like, semi-truck that has fallen into the river, parked in the river. I don't know. Somehow got into the river. <laughs> like you do. <laughs> and Boy falls out along with all the food and blankets. It, like, tips the boat. And oh, she well, he's dead. <laughs> she's, of course, he's not dead, Sam. <laughs> oh. Not yet. And so she's scrambling. She's trying to get him back. She manages to get Boy back into the boat but loses all the other stuff. Well, you didn't need that food or blankets anyway. We just discussed it. Well, conveniently, Sam... Just as all of this, you know, she's trying to warm him up. She hears this kind of like clinking noise off to the side of the the shoreline. Mm -hmm. And she pulls the boat over and, you know, parks the boat up on the thing, pulls it up. And she's like, kids, stay in the boat. Do not leave. Keep your blindfolds on. Put the blanket over you. Don't move. I thought she lost the blanket. Or she's sorry. They use uh, like uh, the coats. Okay. And she's like, stay in, stay in the boat. And she uses this like fishing reel thing that has a bunch of line attached to it and she like attaches it to the boat and then she walks towards the noise that she's hearing right so that's her anchor yeah and she encounters a building that has these like wooden wind chimes that are in the porch area that's and never ominous 
I know, but it, it, the way the movie does it, you can tell it's not like super sketchy, you know, it's like clearly okay. just an abandoned building. And she ta- she comes inside it to the room and it's just this big open space and it was clearly like some kind of hospital or something. It has all these like, or maybe even a giant... Uh, That's not making this like, place any less creepy, Danielle. Well, I know, but the way that it's filmed, like, yes, it is inherently creepy, but the way that it's filmed is like a little less creepy because it's clear that it's empty and she's just like, oh, cool, I've got supplies kind of thing. Okay. And so she... I don't know if it's a hospital or if it's just a place that has a lot of like hospital style beds in it. You know, her blindfold's still on. So how's she seen any of this? She's well. She once she gets into the room and she kind of like scopes it out. She ends up taking her blindfold off. That's right because you can't go inside. We established that. Well, as you can still see the windows and stuff, but she makes sure all the blinds and everything is you know. And a lot of the places already have like paper and stuff up on the windows because this has been going on for a while. Okay. So she ties the reel to a bed and because she can't like you know put it all over the room with her. And the, like I said, it's an abandoned type hospital style room, and she's gathering supplies and new blankets and everything. So convenient time to lose all that and then come across all of it again. <laughs> that was easy, yeah. <laughs> Never mind the metal clanking she heard earlier. <laughs> oh, it wasn't really metal. It was the wooden of the wind, the wind chimes. Oh, uh, okay. So as she's collecting all this stuff, the real line that she had tied to the bed starts pulling against the bed. Uh-oh. And she like, she's like, oh, God, okay. So she like she pulls out her handgun that she has and she grabs all her stuff. She follows the line back outside in a rush. And as she like gets out past the house or the, the building, the wind picks up and she hears her name getting called and she's like starts to panic and she's just firing kind of wildly into Sandy. the air. Sandy! <laughs> Sandy, sign my chest. <laughs> Sandy. That's what she's that's what's happening. <laughs> and the surprise of absolutely nobody, the kids do not listen. <laughs> Their blindfolds are off, right? No, they're not. But the, the she's very like stern with them. I don't like they they it would be a hard sell to take their blindfolds off. <laughs> They're a little afraid of her. So the girl basically is like, something's wrong with Mallory, which obviously. Yeah. (laughs) And the girl loops this rope around her body and starts to like walk up the shoreline. So it's tied to the boat and she's calling for her. She like walks into the woods. Mallory, where are you? And the wind picks up around her and the kids, it's kind of a cool effect. The kid's hair like stands up on end, like when you rub a balloon against your head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So it all like stands up and then suddenly she like falls to the ground and is like pulled across the ground. And then you see Mallory rush into the scene and she like picks her up from the ground and starts to run towards the boat. And she's like yelling at the kid like, I told you to stay in the boat. Like... Well, you know, true, but also she's five. <laughs> well, no, but yeah, but she does not treat these kids like she's five because she has this whole conversation. She like shoves them into the boat again. And she's like, what did I tell you that if I am not here, what are you supposed to do? What are you supposed to do? And the girl is like, clearly by rote, is like, I'm supposed to save myself. And she's like, you don't come after me. You save yourself. Like, she's very How do you, serious. Like, they're probably going to save themselves, Danielle. <laughs> they're five. I know. <laughs> They would be but like, these are like the oldest five year old Sam. They would never, no, I, mean, I don't care. Like, even if they're like eight, there's no saving yourself at that point. Yeah, no, these kids, like, and she, I think she's just literally raised them from birth because they've, like, they were yeah. born into this. Like, they, she's literally raised them that, to be but little, like, like a five year old brain is still a five year old brain. No, I do not disagree. But, <laughs> and she is putting expectations, and this movie does kind of get into that, but like these expectations on these kids that are not kid expectations. Like, okay. they're, they're never going to be able to follow, and they don't because they're five. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. 
but she's just like very much treating them like they're mini adults. And understandably, I mean, I can't really fault her for that given the situation, but at the same time, there is some kind of play into that later. Sure. So five years ago. Oh, again? <laughs> oh, can you, if you're tired of it now, Sam, we're never going to make it the next few minutes. <laughs> oh, we're in trouble. So Olympia during the night is talking to someone at the door. Like uh, she's, Mallory's trying to get somebody on the, the walkie talkie. It's all static, but she overhears Olympia talking and she's clearly already given them a blanket and is trying to figure out if she should let them come in. And Mallory is like, whoa, 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 whoa. She like runs forward with the This shotgun. is something you discuss with the group. Well, it's like the middle of the night. So you can tell that Olympia is like, am I supposed to let them in? What am I supposed to do? She's like looking around her, but she doesn't like, she panics instead of just going to get somebody. And to be fair, they're kind of like, if you're outside, you're kind of on a timeline, like the person outside might die at any minute. Right, of course. She's kind of panicking. And then Mallory runs forward with the shotgun just as Olympia opens the door and the man rushes in. And this is Gary. Gary! Gary! Hey! He's played by Tom Hollander. Tom Hollander or Tom Holland? Tom Hollander. Oh, those are different people. They, I think so. I can double check. <laughs> I, I, I know of Tom Holland, the guy who plays Spider-Man. No, it's Tom Hollander and it's the, oh, you'd know, you'd know him if you saw him. Okay. I did not know there was a Hollander and a Tom Holland. Yeah. Tom Hollander's in a bunch of stuff. Wow. He's like one okay. of those famous guys where you look at him and you're like, oh, Tom Hollander. Like, yeah, totally know him from stuff. Fair enough. Wow. Look at me. Learning new things every day. Anyway, played by Tom Hollander. He, like, has the gun trained on him. He's like, listen, listen, like, I'm, I'm fine. He, I was in another house, but these psychos, quote unquote, broke into the house and forced them outside and pried their eyes open to look at the creatures. But as this was happening, one of his friends tackled them and he managed to escape. And so he's been knocking on doors, like, everywhere. And these were the first people to open their doors. Always the first. I know. And now kind of everybody else has sort of showed up at this point and MD is like, what is wrong with you? Why do you keep opening doors to strangers? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> and he says the weird thing was that the people who broke in didn't need to wear blindfolds. And everybody's like, well, what are you talking about? Like, if you don't wear a blindfold and you go out there, you die. Like, that's just how it works. No, they went crazy. We got it. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I don't know what, like, why these people were different, but they were just like very happy, ecstatic even. And they just like wanted us to see the creatures, but they clearly were not going to kill themselves. It's just... I don't, I don't know, but it was really weird. And MD steals the gun from Mallory. He like runs up there, grabs it and points it at him. And he's like, get out of the house. There are no strangers in this house. And anybody who disagrees can get out of the house too. Like we are not doing this again. And right as he's doing this, one of the people in the group, this little old lady, she like comes up behind him and hits a plate over his head and knocks him out. Well, it shouldn't have been so aggressive there, MD. Yeah, Gary gets to stay. So them's the breaks. So they lock him in a room, MD, not Gary. Oh, well, both would be ideal. Yeah, they put him in the garage. Like, so there's this, they can see him. There's like a door between the I mean, house and the garage, but he's like stuck in the garage by himself. So that night, uh, Gary's in the house. Olympia comes in and apologizes to Mallory. And she's like, I'm sorry. Like, I just, I, all I could think of was when you guys had let me in, like that feeling of the panic and, and knowing there were people in the house, but they weren't opening the door. And I just felt yeah. like I had to open the door and I'm so useless. This is not the kind of situation that I would like, that I'm ever going to do well in. And I'm too soft for this. Not like you, like you're so hard and you're good at this and you're, you know, fit for survival. And I don't think I'm going to make it out of this. <laughs> Aww. I know. And so she makes Mallory promise that if something happens to her, that she'll take care of her baby. And Mallory, Mallory very reluctantly agrees. <laughs> I don't know if Mallory's the right person to start up with another baby. Well, I know, but I don't think that Olympia necessarily knows this. But I also think she's thinking, okay, this 
this girl lady's kicked butt. Like, she'll take care of my baby for me if she promises. She's not going to go back on her word. Okay. And so Mallory ends up gifting her this little Hello Kitty doll that she had gotten at the grocery store. Why? Because it's like a baby shower. She's like, no, I know why did she get the Hello Kitty doll at the grocery store? Because it was like a baby shower gift. She's like, I know this wasn't what you expected for your baby shower, but here's a little gift for your daughter. You could have brought more food for her daughter. Well, they it did better. get food. It was the grocery store. They got like a ton of food. I'm just saying, don't spend your time grabbing useless knickknacks. Well, they grabbed that, too. It was just a nice gift. Sam, you have to appreciate the little things. Apparently, this is how you die in the uh, apocalypse and how I've I survive. Established. I don't really care at that point. <laughs> and I'm the kind of person to buy a Hello Kitty doll and a buy, steal a Hello Kitty doll for somebody who's pregnant because, you know, that's nice. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then I find joy in the apocalypse and you are dead. <laughs> I'm okay with that, honestly. You're going to go enjoy your apocalypse, Danielle. Okay, well, I'm sorry that you don't understand the significance of how nice it is that she got her a little gift, even though she's super (laughs) (laughs) anti-baby. Maybe I should never understand, Danielle. Anyway, she got it, and she's like, this is for you, but you can gift it to your child, you know, when they're a little bit older. And it switches back to the river. And you see the girl, see girl, she's holding the same little doll. So of course, it's duh. suggested that it's her daughter. It's not suggested. It's like explicit. <laughs> <laughs> At this point. So she tells the kids, she's like, okay, listen, we're coming up to the hardest part of the trip. It's the rapids. And this one of you is going to have the hardest job. And that is that you have to look. You have, Somebody has to take off their blindfold and look because I need someone to navigate. And I can't be the one who does it because then we'll all die. <laughs> Why? Because if she looks and sees a creature, then right. the kids are going to die. <laughs> like yeah, but if well, the kid sees it either way and directs her wrong, they're going to die anyway. Like, this doesn't solve the problem. Well, yeah, but you're going to know the kids saw something. I mean, they pretty instantaneously are like, it's beautiful, or whatever crazy nonsense they start to spout as soon as they see something. Okay, but then it's they're still like, blind I don't think in the, the rapids, and it doesn't like, help. Tell them to go right instead of left. <laughs> like, that's you don't not know the that. Anyway. Like the guy who's like, let me help you. I have food. Like they sometimes have different effects on people. Also, so, again, once the kids compromise, whether or not you know it, you're blind to get in the rapid. So you're screwed that way either way. It is. I mean, there's no good solution to this, but like the the adults in the situation dying is probably not the best one. So I understand why supposedly it needs to be a kid. All right. I'm just saying, I don't think it would make a difference. No, but I think I've a uh, rock at a hard place, Sam. <laughs> Fine. And so the boy volunteers and Mallory's like, no, 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 no. I'm going to pick. You don't get to pick. Like, I get to pick one of you to do it. Why? I think it's because she has to choose between these two children and she wants it to be her decision and not the kid's decision. Okay. But they volunteer. That's that's fine. I know, but the the fault's on her. I don't know, Sam. It's just like, it's like a very prominent part of the rest of this movie is whether or not she's like the kid who volunteers is going to be the one that does it. All right. And I think it kind of plays into it a little bit later. So anyway, back home, uh, Olympia starts having labor pains while they're making breakfast the next morning. And the older woman rushes her to the bedroom. Everyone goes to get supplies. She's like, you know, scissors, water, you know, all the stuff that you get. Scissors, water. Yes. The things you need when having a baby. (laughs) It's true, though. You do need scissors and water. Oh, I need a stapler. (laughs) Two packs of (laughs) Pop-Tarts. And that's just for me. I'm hungry. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe put on a movie or something. That's basically what happens. And as Mallory goes to help her, her own water breaks as well. And a sympathetic Tom's pregnancy. Like, it must be it. Not that they're both like eight and a half months along. I think I think I know a sympathetic pregnancy when I see one, Danielle. <laughs> I mean, yes, that's exactly your cup of tea. <laughs> 
And so Tom, like, is like, okay, nope, nope, because she's trying to, like, work through it. Like, I've got to get the water. And he's like, no, no, you're going into the room. Let's go. And so meanwhile, they're upstairs having their babies. And Gary is downstairs. He puts on some classical music and starts spinning around in circles, as one does. And no. pulls, <laughs> pulls out a sketchbook, which features dozens of super creepy black charcoal images. And I'm sure he's 100% sane, Sam. <laughs> Yeah, no, he's totally fine. I'm sure <laughs> he's not a danger to himself and others. Not at all. And so MD... Should have listened to Malkovich. Well, yeah, MD. He's like in the garage. He's looking through the window of the house and he sees Gary pick up the bird gauge and put it in the refrigerator. And then he starts like peeling the paper off the windows downstairs. So this was like, okay, all right, okay. So this was a long play by a diseased person, a person who's infected by whatever this is, because... Yes. I don't think we've established that they have the capacity once they are compromised to be that devious. I am a hundred percent with you, Sam. And the first time I saw this movie a couple of years ago, I was like, what nonsense is this? <laughs> Thank you. Nonsense. I agree. They have not established anything that these monsters can do. And it reminds me a little bit of It's a Disaster where they have no idea what's going on outside. And so the effects of everything are just like completely random. Also, why aren't the birds freaking out? Yeah, that is a great question because they they actually check out like a couple of times you look over at the birds and they're yeah. like super chill. He's like, well, I guess he's okay because the birds are fine. And I don't know if it's just when they're like acting with malice that the birds can sense it or so but clearly the that's like, the only time. We only understand evil when it is actively directed at us. Otherwise, we're just like oblivious. <laughs> like they, they sense intent, not like copper. Uh, that's I, don't I know. <laughs> it's bananas. <laughs> okay. I just thought I, sure I was missing something. No, and he clearly expects, Gary clearly expects that the birds are going to go crazy because he goes and sticks them in the fridge but they've been they like they don't start squawking then <laughs> no all right this whole movie is bs <laughs> it's crazy and so md's watching him through the window he's like what are you doing gary like you know yeah with good question <laughs> and he starts peeling off all those stuff on the windows and upstairs they're having like the fastest baby births known to mankind like these 10 babies minutes speed birth. out <laughs> And they each have one little baby, and Tom goes downstairs, and he has some blankets and stuff, and MD tries to get his attention as he passes the door. He's like, he took the birds in the freezer! Like, yeah. he's kind of ignoring him. And he, I mean, he kind of looks at him like, okay, and he's, he's sort of suspicious, but he just is wandering around the house. Ugh. And he sees Gary's pictures that are, like, spread out on the table, the drawings, and then promptly as he's like, what the heck are these? He gets knocked out by Gary. Yeah, of course. Oh, gosh. None of this makes any sense. This is the best part of the movie, Sam. I mean, it's terrible, but it's it's kind of funny. Okay. <laughs> so Gary goes up to the window in the door and like square on, just like looks at MD in the eyes. And he's like, MD's like, uh, you're like infected. Like there's something wrong with you, obviously. You think? But he's like, you can see, kind of see the eyes get kind of a weird, they just look slightly different. They just, they look still human, but very like, um, I don't even know how to explain it. They just kind of have like multiple colors going on in them. Okay. And Gary holds up the garage door button and like pushes it and the garage door slowly opens while MD's like standing in there. I know. And MD's like pulls his hands over his eyes and he's like screaming at him like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, Let me in. So what I would do here and maybe 
again, this is my ignorance of how garages work. I would push the garage close button because then it would start going backwards, right? And then maybe if you push the open, I just keep pushing the close button. You keep going back and forth, like trapped in the standoff. And then maybe I just unplug the garage door, right? Yeah. See, you'd survive this scenario and John Malkovich is just like standing there with his eyes closed, trying to <laughs> screaming at Gary. Okay. Well, you know what? Maybe I would survive the apocalypse, Yeah, We don't know. <laughs> so, uh, meanwhile, uh, Gary goes upstairs and he comes to visit. He wants to look at the babies, Sam. I'm sure he's very innocent about all of it. He is too. He like pokes his head and he's like, oh, hello. They're so beautiful. Can what I is see with them? this capacity <laughs> for deception? This is insane. <laughs> and he's a great, like this actor is such a good person for this role because he's just like, seems very harmless, but he's like, has a super creepy vibe and it's perfect. Like he's Ugh. a really good person for this. I mean, I'm sure he's amazing, but my point is, in the logic of the movie, this is nonsense. No, it totally is. But it's it's such a good, like, it's he's not in much of the movie, but he's just such a good pick for this role. Because she's oh. like, oh, no, he's not right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, like, give it a pass. You can see why people would think he's fine, but then you're like, oh, no, no, no. So... Uh, he's like, these are the, he looks at each baby. He's like, can I see yours? Can I see yours? He's like, these are beautiful. And then he walks over to the window and like peels off the paper. And he's like, look how beautiful it is out there too. And they're like, what are you doing? Yeah, like, no kidding. So Mallory tries to grab the baby. She's like, give me your baby to Olympia. Because Olympia like immediately looks at the window and her eyes get huge. Why would she do that? And she's not that smart, Sam. I figured that out already. <laughs> so of course, uh, our hero Mallory is like, that's her eyes closed, so Olympia is didn't look away in time. All right, and quick she, quick question, Danny. I'm yes. sorry, but I gotta understand. They're upstairs, right? Yeah. In one of the bedrooms. So these creatures can fly? No, so the creatures are outside. Yeah, but like if I'm looking out a, you know, second story window, unless I'm like near the window looking down, I can only see Oh yeah. Uh, Sam I- if you want explanations about the creatures in this movie, hold your breath because we're, and you're going to die in like 10 minutes. Cause, like, <laughs> hold your breath. You're going to die. Okay, Dad. That was, I don't know that meant, but okay, Daniel, I can't wait to hear it. These like the explanations for this is just, there's no, it just doesn't, nothing makes sense. Oh, okay. I'm going to say, Daniel, I do not buy that she would immediately glance out an upper story window and be like, oh, I saw a creature that isn't able to fly was, it, was like perched outside the window waiting for them. I think it can fly though, because whatever you see them, it's like very wind gusty and you see the like okay. the leaves moving and the trees moving. So maybe moving they can fly. Like, okay. That's all I wanted to know. Like maybe they can and they seem to like be called or something because he just pulls the paper and immediately there's a monster there. <laughs> okay. Great. You don't see them. You never see these creatures. The I movie, figured like, they would never see them. That'd be too easy. Yeah. I think I read somewhere. I think this was the movie where I read that they did create one of the monsters like CGI version type thing but it was like people laughed when they saw it so they took it out. <laughs> that's so- <laughs> So sad. It was like creepy and weird and nobody liked it. So they took it out of the movie. We're just like, eh, well, it'll be like, it, it'll be fine. Oh, <laughs> I mean, probably a better movie for it. No, it does. It kind of makes it creepier. But then the minute you start to think about these creatures and the like lore behind them or why they exist or anything about them, you're like, none of this makes sense. That's fair. All right. All right. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt the big dramatic baby, the, the, the big dramatic baby being born and then almost murdered scene. Yes. That's actually what is happening here. So Mallory manages to grab the babies. Olympia does not look away in time. I might have mixed those names up earlier. I'm not sure. But Olympia is the one that's eyes get super wide and Mallory manages to like grab the baby from her. She's like, give me your baby. Give me your baby. And Olympia kind of has just a shred of sense left and kind of yep. like hands it. And um, immediately Olympia walks towards the window and falls out. 
out and is the windows open now they pulled the window open okay or she jumps through something happens it breaks (laughs) she's through got it you don't really i mean you see it but you don't see the actual part of her you see the end result of her falling you don't how see long the... was gary that's his name right how long was gary in the house like was it weeks since they got him no in? i think it was like a day there's no timeline but he's okay. like they comes it seems to come in the middle of the night and then the next scene is a morning all right and that's they're slightly all like more breakfast. believable than if he'd been living with them deceiving them for weeks or whatever no i think it was like less than 24 hours okay i still don't buy it but no fine so then gary like, the woman that was helping deliver the births, the older woman, he, like, walks over here. She's just cowering. and just got her eyes closed. And Gary walks over to her and forces her eyes open. And she immediately dies as well. Is she looking at the window? Or is she, like, in a corner somewhere? She is... I mean, the window takes up, like, the whole wall side. Okay. So she's kind of, like, just cowering. I don't know why she didn't just, like, leave the room or something, but she, yeah. I think she just panicked and, like, okay. she's like, don't I'm worry, just curious, don't like, if it. I'm in my, uh, you know, in my room or whatever, and I'm at one side of the room and I'm open my eyes, I wouldn't necessarily be looking right at the window. Yeah, no, she's kind of, like, curled up in a ball or on the side or something. Like, she's, she didn't leave the room, which she probably should have done, but she's just standing there and he walks over to her and she's like, don't hurt me, and he pries her eyes open. And she, she goes out the window, too, I bet. No, she does something terrible uh-oh <laughs> she saps herself is what she is oh, okay so mallory is hiding under the blanket on the bed i mean she just gave birth so she can't leave th- that's understandable yeah no kidding she's like oh so, let's go for a run yeah so she has the two babies she's under the blanket you know she's trying to keep her eyes away from the window and gary is very nicely he just sits on the bed he's like hey why don't you come out and give me the babies like he's just trying to be nice oh <laughs> uh, no <laughs> So he's trying to talk her out of the blanket, and Malkovich shows up. Yeah! Yay! He's got his MD eyes... to the rescue! He is. He talks in the door. He's got a shotgun. His eyes are closed. And Gary, hilariously, is jumping from side to side in the room. He's like, you can't get me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, I would probably do that, too. <laughs> And MD fires at him and does actually hit him, but not It's a like, shotgun. Hard to miss at yeah, that range. He doesn't like, he just wounds him. And then Gary rushes him, knocking both of them like through the, the door of the bedroom down the balcony area of the, the second story into the first story of the house. And so they're on the ground and he, MD is like laying there, you know, they're both try, gasping, trying to get up. And uh, Gary manages to get up and stabs him with some scissors. And oh, those he, were for the umbilical cords. I know, which were already cut, thankfully. But poor, poor Malkovich doesn't make it. Aww. Well, let's have a moment of silence for poor Malkovich Douglas. I have actually a better question than silence. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wasn't the whole, wasn't the whole objective of Gary to get them to see the creatures? So why is he killing, like... At he, no other point do the possessed people kill other people intentionally like that, but their whole modus operandi is to get them to see the, the creatures. So he does actually say, good, this is an interesting example. They, he does actually say to um, Malkovich Douglas as he stabs him, he's like, I'm sorry, my, I really wanted you to be able to see the creatures, but I just, you know, I can't. You're not going to make it. <laughs> okay. Like, Glad so that was does, cleared there's up. There's a call. Yeah. So Tom chooses this time, the perfect time to wake up because he'd been knocked unconscious. Well, timing is everything. Yeah, he's downstairs on the floor with them and they he looks over and sees the, the shotgun as Gary's, you know, finishing his murdering. And they both reach for this abandoned shotgun and the camera pans away. You hear two shots. It's back upstairs, the camera is, but it's unclear who died. And the of babies course. are like screaming upstairs, you know? Reasonably. Yeah. So 
and you watch that for a while and you kind of hear somebody like coming up the stairs, you know, all the tension filled nonsense. And then it's Tom. Tom made it out alive. Of course. <laughs> but plot twist, everybody else in the house is dead except for Tom and Mallory. No, I think I got that. That's not really a plot twist since you just told us it happened. <laughs> it's crazy. Like literally this entire group of people that you've been following this entire movie, dead. Dead in like five minutes of screen time. <laughs> Kind of awesome. Gotta give the movie credit it for that. It's kind of amazing. I was like, I remember the first time I watched this, I was like, seriously? <laughs> <laughs> well done. <laughs> and now there's like a, a, a flash forward, flash forward to Mallory training the kids who are now like around the same age, five-ish, you know? Is Tom still around? Do they cover all the windows back up, I assume, all that kind of stuff? Yeah, we'll get there actually here in a moment. So... They're uh, about the same age as they did when they got into the boats. And she's clearly, like, training them on how to, like, hear noises with their blindfolds on. So she's, like, clicking rocks and stuff. And, like, okay, when it's like this, something's closer. When it's like this, it's farther away. So she's trying to train them to to survive. And they have, like, a whole compound thing going. They might be at a different house. I think they probably are. And it's like a, they have a whole system for getting around outside now. Like, they have the guide wires and all of that. Like, they've clearly spent the five years kind of prepping. I'd love to see how they did that without exposing themselves, because that sounds insane. I know. If you want a better version of this film, um, The Quiet Place, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> Just put it out there. Uh, they did come out around the same time, right? They did, yeah. And this is definitely like, I don't mind this movie. It's a decent enough movie, but The Quiet Place is infinitely better. Okay. All right. And they show, you would like that because they show some of the like prepping stuff, like how they make things work, which and is And that's cool. with uh, John Krasinski, right? Yeah. And Emily Blunt. Yeah. Well, oh, they're great. Yeah. I would so that's Danielle's recommend. recommendation for the week. I would highly suggest The Quiet Place. I have not seen Quiet Place 2, but it's on my bucket list here. Movie Your bucket, bucket list. list. Wow. My movie okay. bucket Good. list. <laughs> Better get to it before you die, Danielle. Jeez. I mean, yeah, it's on the movies I want to watch before I pass on from this earth, hopefully in the next, you know, 60 years. <laughs> 60 years? You're optimistic. That seems longevity runs in my family. <laughs> All right. So, getting towards the end here. Like I said, in the future, Mallory's in one of the, like, a nearby abandoned house. She's collecting stuff. So they've been foraging. They've clearly figured out how to kind of be out in the world and their neighborhood and how to use their blindfolds accordingly. So Mallory is in this abandoned house collecting stuff. And outside, two blackout window cars pull in. Uh-oh. And, Yeah. And she, and then they kind of like peel around the driveway and then she sneaks out and runs for her house. And she's just back in the house and like nothing comes of that. But she tells Tom that she saw more of them driving around like they're not blindfolded. Uh-oh. Yeah. It just occurred to me while I was thinking about that, like, how weird is it that they have blackout windows when right, they're they don't not need blindfolded to. to begin with? Are they not just tinted windows? They're actually blacked out, right? They're like blacked out, like painted black. And I'm curious now if it's just because like they, they want to look like they're Yeah, they're trying people. to deceive people. But then they're driving around like they're not blindfolded. Yeah, it's crazy. Anyway, but it's clear that Tom and Mallory and the kids like have this whole family vibe thing going, you know? Aw. Yeah, it's cute. And Tom's going to die. In the middle of the night, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> in the middle of the night, maybe that night, they hear a message come through on the walkie-talkie. It's like, the I think, probably the first one that they've ever heard. And it's the message from the beginning of the movie. It's the, this guy named Rick, and he's talking about how there's this compound where everybody's safe, and it's at the river's end. And he walks them through the instructions on how to get there, and they, they pull out maps, and they're, you know, kind of mapping it. But there is a lot of dissension after this conversation 
conversation about whether or not they should go. Mm. And like, Mallory didn't even want to like give him information on the thing. They're like, what if he's one of the guys, you know, they're trying to trick us or find out where we are or, you know, we, they, we can't even trust them. I mean, that's a reasonable bit of paranoia. It is. And he's like, well, they told us that like when we get to the river then, there's going to be like birds. They're using birds. So they know the thing about the birds. He's like, yeah, well, so did Gary. He put them in the freezer. Like, <laughs> Yeah, right. No, forget. <laughs> so she like didn't consider that actual proof. So Mallory's very against going and Tom is super for it. And she's basically like, we need to stay here to guarantee survival. We don't even know this, if this place is real, if it's run by infected people or it's a trick. And he's like, okay, but we have to do more than survive. Survival is not living. So Thank you're on you. Tom's side, Sam. Thank yep. you. I am. Tom and I, he, we, would, we would have a, a, an apocalypse that I think we would both agree on uh, <laughs> and probably would give up at the same time. <laughs> so he's like, survival's not living. Like we need to go someplace where we can actually have a life and survive and like not just survive. And you haven't even named the children. Like you, you are not living She doesn't name the children five years? No, this is boy and girl. This is the same ones that are in the book. I, I mean, Sam. I got that. I thought she maybe just called them that for some reason, but I don't think oh, she just no. didn't she, give them names because she she's a terrible human being. She didn't give them names because she has attachment issues. And that's, I mean, Tom's there. He should do something like this is not psychologically okay for these children. I think they've had this conversation several times and she's just not having it. Uh, and she technically is they're her children. I don't know. <laughs> She's terrible. This is another movie where everyone in it is terrible. I like Tom. Tom, okay, uh, not Tom. Or, or or MD. He's cool too. So she basically is like, listen, every decision I make is for these children, but I can't promise them that hopes and dreams, like these things, they're never gonna come true. Like I can't you like to tell them stories and I like I don't think that's right because these are these are children who are never gonna meet other children. They're not gonna have actual lives. It's survival is what their life is, and it's not fair to give them hope that it's gonna be something different. So I can see both sides. Yeah. But she definitely has some issues with attachment. And no, you said that before, them. but it doesn't, I mean, attachment issues are one thing, but not naming your child is not attachment issues. That's just cruel. Well, she calls them boy and girl. They don't know any better. They've never met another child. <laughs> but they have, you know, their parents have names, or at least, you oh, know. maybe they think boy and girl are names. I don't know. Oh, uh, terrible person. I still, okay. mm. I don't disagree, but there we are. So basically, they kind of get into this big fight about it, but they end up agreeing to disagree, and they make up the next day over a Pop-Tart that they find in a hey, house. <laughs> Pop-Tart solve everything. They them up. So they, they share a Pop-Tart with the kids. They're like, this is what strawberry tastes like. No, it isn't. Just, no, I know. <laughs> I was laughing during that scene. I was like, that doesn't taste like strawberry at all. I, mean, I love me a strawberry Pop-Tart, but it is not strawberry. <laughs> Uh, but as they're eating their Pop-Tart, they are interrupted by more evil car people, Sam. Oh, shocking. I know. So Tom, bless his heart, he goes out to distract them and give Mallory and the kids time to get out the back of this house. And he's like, give me 15 minutes. If I am not back at our, you know, our house, like, leave. Do not come back. Try to find me. Like, go, 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 go. And then she's like, no, I can't leave you. And he's like, go. <laughs> There's this tearful goodbye. Aww. And I know Tom runs outside and there's he has, has a shotgun with him. And he t definitely takes down at least two of the people in this group who are very much like, hey, man, you want to come with us? Come, like, check out the cool stuff. It's so beautiful and it Sounds amazing. like a PSA for, like, <laughs> a, like hey, man, you want to try drugs? Oh, it's very like, – they definitely have, like, a druggy vibe out in the <laughs> Yeah, go, oh, you want to kick it to this? You can be cool like us, Tom. Don't you want to be cool? 
So he takes down two of these people, but they do kind of, they shoot back at him and he gets wounded and he ends up, he's like, screw this. And he takes his mask off to see better and he shoots more of them. He basically gets almost all of them except this one guy. And it's clear the creatures are coming, like the trees are kind of waving in the background and you hear the spooky music. And he, of course, as soon as he hears like the noise behind him, he turns to look and it's the creatures. Yeah, of and course. And his eyes go wide and he manages like sheer force of will, manages to take out the last guy with the shotgun before he kills himself. Aw, poor Tom. So she hears the t- the two last shotguns, you know, as she's running with the kids and she's back at the house and she is sitting there staring at the clock and you can see it like tick past the 15, what I assume is the 15 minute mark. And she's like sobbing and she finally pulls herself together and uh, the next scene is the beginning of the movie where she's talking to the kids, telling them their plans to go down the river. Right. Because, I mean, really, she's just waiting for death at this point. Yeah. So she's kind of having her come to Jesus moment. All right. We're come to, to the, the present, moment. Danielle. Let's finish this sucker out. It's been a it long is. and somewhat much we're looking for shenanigan-filled journey. <laughs> and it is. The ending is just a shenanigan-filled. Ugh. So, 42 hours on the river, Sam, and the rapids are upcoming. <laughs> 42 hours. That's way more. Okay, never mind. Go on. What? It's two days, they say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... She's trying to figure out which child she's going to pick, and both kids volunteer. The boy, admittedly, is like, I'll do it. And the girl's like, I guess I can do it. Like, he's like very not into it. Man, okay. And she's like, no, 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 I'm going to decide. And there's this flashback to the Hello Kitty doll scene where she's being given to Olympia. And you can tell she's what she's deciding, obviously, is like, does she pick her own child or does she pick Olympia's child who she promised to take care of? Right. Like, I got that. I get the, I get the moral implications here. Right. So she's I feel like she just wants to take on that responsibility, whether or not she should. That's the, the choice she's making. And she finally like is this long moment where she's kind of staring at them. She can't she can't decide. And she finally is like, you know what? Forget it. Like, we're all going to keep our blindfolds on. Let's just do this. Yeah, no kidding. That was something I pointed out at the very beginning. <laughs> right. So she doesn't even take her blindfold off. And so they do the rapids blindfolded, which is actually a very harrowing ride. It's it's pretty well done in the movie. Like, it's it, it's pretty creepy as they're trying to go down the rapids. And, like, the CG plus, I'm sure, somebody actually going down rapids combination, like, works really well in this movie. Oh, that sounds like a, it does like a cool scene, like, in terms of film techniques and whatnot. Yeah, it's, it's actually pretty well filmed. This whole movie is pretty well filmed. But when they hit a patch of this really bad rapids, the boat does flip. Uh-oh. And everybody, yeah, like, everybody's out of the boat. And she comes up and she's screaming. And she's like, girl, boy, where are you? She'll give them names. And she finally hears boy calling. And she manages to get him in the water. And she's like trying to drag him ashore. They're still blindfolded. <laughs> and she hears a bell ringing, um, which was on the boat. It's just one of those little like jingy bells that you can like hit the side of. And it goes ding, 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 ding. Sure. And girl is off on the shore. Um, and she has the bell in her hand. And she's like, keep ringing the bell. I'm coming. And she's like trying to swim towards her. So she ma- finally managed to make it to shore. And somehow the girl managed to have the bird box with her. The titular bird box. <laughs> Amazing. She falls out of the boat and grabs the bird box. <laughs> Blindfolded. Amazing. <laughs> Quick question. This may have been really late, but was the only reason that the voice on the radio said, don't bring children, is because they might not survive the trip? 
Yeah, because it's such a hard trip. But so like, what are you going to do? Just leave the children behind? Because they're definitely not going to survive that way. Well, they don't say don't bring children. He just says, do you have any children with you? And because, oh. and they go, they actually say no, because they're not 100% sure if this guy is like on the up and up. And she's, there, he's like, why? Tom asks why. And the guy's like, well, it's just such a, it's a hard journey. We don't think kids would survive. Okay, sure. Any, but that's why, supposedly. Uh-huh. Sounds much more sinister. Oh, yes, I know. <laughs> but that's not why. <laughs> anyway, so they have the bird box, and they are off to the side. They've gotten past the rapids, so this is basically, like, where they were supposed to end up anyways. They just are without their boat. Oh. And so they've made it to the shore, which is fine, because they've made it to the shore, and she's like, you hear those birds? Like, because you can hear birds off in the background. She's like, we're supposed to follow the birds, and we're going to make it to the to the compound. Like, let's go. And so they're trying to walk blindfold towards it, but the plants kind of in the forest start very creepily, you know, moving behind them, and the whispers start up. And Sandy! And, Sandy! Yeah. Sign my limited edition Pretty Woman DVD! <laughs> Except this time it's Tom. <laughs> What? Tom's Tom's voice. It's Tom's voice. Oh. He's like so he's like, Mallory, open your open your eyes, take off your blindfold. It's uh, me, I swear. Like Yeah. And she's trying desperately to ignore them, which I'm sure is very hard when it's somebody that you loved. Sure. And I thought she had attachment issues. She wouldn't have gotten attached to Tom. She doesn't name well, her children. Okay. Well she has attachment issues, but like she still had a relationship with Tom. Like they clearly had this kind of full okay. family. I'm just going. calling shenanigans on her ability to <laughs> bond with Tom, but not her children. <laughs> I think she's very bonded with her children. I think she just was like afraid to fully commit to being a mother because this is like, it was so temporary. This is kind of like when you hear like we're a kid, yeah, you know, they, they get the turkey or whatever for Thanksgiving. Like, don't give it a name because you're gonna have to eat it later. Yes, it's a little bit like that. But like, I'm not saying it makes children. sense, but psychologically, I'm willing to run with it. Sure. All right, all right, I'll stop. But. Mm. <laughs> So she's trying to ignore these whispers. They're kind of like, like kind of running through the forest as she's trying to kind of outrun them and follow the birds and ignore the whispers. And she ends up tripping over a log and she slides down this hill and knocks herself out. Now the kids obviously don't see this because they're blindfolded, so they can't quite figure out where she went. And they're calling her name and she's not answering. And so they sort of like split up to wander. Oh no! Dumb. Just stay put. <laughs> So she finally wakes up and she's calling out for them, you know, kind of out of it. And she's hearing Jessica and Tom's voices like, open your eyes, take off your blindfold. <laughs> and she finally hears Boy talking to someone. He's like, is it okay? It's okay to take my blindfold off? And he's talking to Mallory's voice, like fake Mallory. Of course. Mallory, who apparently, I thought it was only like dead people or something that they yeah, could like, do the voices. Yeah, like the rules <laughs> are going out the window here. First you have the guy who could totally deceive everyone for hours on end. And then you have like, oh, we can just imitate any voice we want to. It's fine. I was like very confused. I was like, wait, I thought Mallory's not dead. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, that doesn't make Anyone who's like not part of the collective or whatever. Yeah, it seemed very questionable. So it's Mallory being like, take off your blindfold. It's okay. It's safe. And so the kid, you know, five is like... I, are you are you sure I can take it off? I'm not supposed to. And he's like, No, it's fine. Take it off. <laughs> and she's and she starts screaming. The real Mallory's like, Do not take it off. This is the real. Oh, that's voice. my mom. She's a screamer. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, I don't know why the kids would ever be confused because there's Sandra Bullock screaming like, Listen to this voice. <laughs> yeah, no, I'd be like, All right, you know, that's the right one. Absolutely. <laughs> Especially if they were raised around these whispers, you know? Yeah, no, yeah, no, no, duh. <laughs> so she's just yelling, like, do not take it off. Please don't take it off. And she is telling them to ignore it. And she hears girl also do the same thing. And the birds are just going crazy in the bird box. So she's trying to find these two kids. And 
she finally hears the bell and she's able to find Boy because all the whispers and the voices is just hard to kind of localize where people yeah, yeah, yeah. are. And she gets Boy back and Boy's like, girl isn't coming because she's kind of scared of you. Like, <laughs> which is fair because all she does is yell at this kid. Yeah, I'd be like, mm, yeah, no thanks. So girl is like very slowly sliding up her blindfold to the top of her head as, you know, the voice telling her that it's okay. And suddenly Mallory starts apologizing, like she's just yelling apologies out into the forest. Like, I'm so sorry. I should have let you told you the stories. You know, this one story that Tom was trying to tell her earlier that she interrupted. She's like, this is how that story ended. You know, we're going to live in a beautiful new place. Like she's trying to like build it up, you know. A little late that she- for that to try to form a connection. <laughs> like, this is my point was like, you don't just scream at children. You, if this was a life is beautiful situation the kids would be on board right but she should have done that for the beginning but she has her turnaround moment sam she has her very her abruptly thing where she realizes or she's just so she suddenly realizes that she doesn't want to lose girl and you know that she's done everything for her, but has not had any kind of emotional connection or at least not admitted any emotional connection she definitely has it right so she's like tearfully apologizing and as she's you know two-thirds of her way through her rant girl walks up to her with her blindfold back on and she does a big group Pug and oh, the end fade to black mm, almost <laughs> so she hears the birds again in the forest and she's like okay we've got to follow the birds like the voices die down for a minute she's like let's go let's go let's go so she starts they start running and then she hears tom's voice again and so the whispers start up and she is it's just like a cacophony of noises you know they're having a hard time and the kids are like i can't hear and they're trying to follow the birds but they can't because there's too many whispers but they finally make it to this house or this building that's in the forest and they start banging on the door and she's like i follow the river rick told us on the radio and you're like he told us to follow the birds please let us in at least take the children even if you don't take me like please 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 let us in and eventually the door finally opens and they spill through and they're in this this blackened room and they shine like flashlights into their eyes checking them out to see if they're the weird the weird eyes which i guess now there's a way to check but like which, with 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 they greg gary, what if the hell his name was gary they never did <laughs> yeah like but gary his eyes didn't change until after when i mean he was they were always about- slightly weird but i don't think they realized that those weren't his normal eyes like right, okay he, when you I, look, you're kind of like, those eyes look kind of weird. You Like, you get the idea that he's probably not a normal dude, but, like, I don't think What do you have to compare it to? Guys, I get it. I get Right. You. So, but apparently there's a way to check, which they should have known earlier, I guess. So, they're like, okay, you can take your blindfolds off, and you can tell she's very, like, uh, mm. I, like, uh. <laughs> And so she, the kids keep them on, but she very slowly takes her blindfolds off, and as soon as she does, she sees the sign on the wall. That says Janet Tucker's School for the Blind. Oh, ha ha. Oh, take that, visual based creatures. Oh, snap. <laughs> And so how do they check their eyes if they're all blind? Uh, there's people there that also can see because okay. it's this basically like a commune kind of area. Got it, got, you it, know? got it, got it. So this inside court, courtyard is filled with people. There's tons of birds. They have it all like sealed sealed in with like vines and stuff. And there's just birds everywhere. And many people are blind because obviously this was a school for the blind. But there's lots of people that aren't as well. And so she's just kind of like over. You can tell she's just overwhelmed by this. And she looks down at the kids and she's got the bird box in her hands. And she's like, do you like, do you think? Think it's okay if we let the birds go and they can join their friends up in the the sky there mm-hmm. and everybody's like yeah and so they open the box and the three birds fly out it's a metaphor sam <laughs> i got it but my my thing is also why is it called bird box if the birds played virtually no role in this movie the birds great in question the box? sam 
I do not have an answer for that. Um, and there is one little extra scene that has nothing to do with birds, but I'm not quite done. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm just saying the birds in the titular box seemed largely irrelevant to this movie. Oh, absolutely. I don't under, don't 100% understand why this movie is called Bird Box other than I guess the birds alert them, but only sometimes. <laughs> and also, it's a, it's, a, it's a pretty good name. I'll give it that. It's a great name. I'm like, you know, I wanted to watch Bird Box. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyway, sorry. We're almost done. Sorry about that. It is literally the end scene, which makes no sense, and I love it. So the birds fly off. It's a metaphor. And then randomly, the OB from earlier that was supposed to deliver her babies Mm -hmm. is there. What? Okay. (laughs) And she walks up and she's like, oh my gosh, Mallory. And she's surprised to see them. And she's like, what are your kids' names? Good question. (laughs) Uh, I call them boy and girl because I'm a terrible human being. Yeah, and, she, and the kids are like, I'm boy, I'm girl. And Mallory like kind of stops them and she's like, actually, I, I she looks at the girl. She's like, I'm going to name you Olympia. Wait, 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 guess. Name it after her sister and Tom, right? No, Olympia. Oh, okay. And sister and, oh, okay, I thought it was close. Olympia and Tom. Damn. Yeah, Olympia and yep, the little boy's name is Tom. Tom, you okay. very soon. And she's like, and I am their mother, because she has her uh-huh. her moment. And the kids are like, we have names. They're very delighted by this. <laughs> so they understood the concept of names and not having one. That's oh. heartbreaking. Yeah, they, I'm not sure they say I have names, but you can tell they're quite pleased to have actual names. And then they run off to play. She's like, go play with the friends. And the OB just, I don't know, disappears. Like, she's no longer there. And that's the extent of that conversation. And the credits roll. <laughs> Remember when I said earlier I'd be incensed if there was no explanation about what these creatures are or why uh, this is happening? Yep. <laughs> I am incensed. I am furious. That's great. <laughs> so, like, I'm not saying you have to explain every mystical thing because it keeps it interesting to have some mystery. Like, not seeing the creatures, that's cool. I like that. But to have this entire, like, premise, but with no background that gives it any weight, <laughs> undermines any impact it has, I think. It's just magic at this point. It's not right. scary. It's not interesting as much because it's like, oh, it was just magic that's happening. There are no rules and I have no idea, like, what the stakes are. That's what makes this movie so great is, like, yeah, all the plot lines make sense in terms of like one thing happening and the next thing happening but when you look at it you're like what the heck <laughs> yeah like it, that's the thing like you, when you have like, these zombies why people will spend hours arguing about like the rules for how zombies or vampires work because having those rules establishing the rules is what gives them menace you understand like what the dangers are and how you can screw up if there are no rules i mean that's scary in its own way but like it's just kind of like well what's the point then if there's no rules I, I, there's nothing for me to really worry about because there's nothing I can do. Yeah, and what drives me crazy is that, like, there's all this stuff that they they posit, which is interesting stuff, like this yeah. rapture idea. Sure. It's like the, the, some people seem to survive this and some people go yeah, and become say, acolytes. Like, yeah. Yeah. And like, like, what is that about? Like, you kind of want to know more about that. Like, why is that something that happens to these specific people? Is it like, uh-huh. is it something about those people or is it just random? And then yet some of them like immediately hurt themselves, kill themselves. Like what? Yeah, why? Yeah. <laughs> why? That's, that's the point. It's like, if if there was some reason that some people survived, that might make them more menacing in some way. Or anyway, that's disappointing is all I'm going to say. Also, yeah. that ending where it's like, oh, we're at the compound. Everything's fine. Like, that's not fine. Like, you are still in an incredibly dangerous world because we don't know anything about these creatures. Are they going to go away eventually? Are they permanently there? Are you, Is your life going to be spent locked inside this? Like, that's my point. We have no idea if reaching this compound is any measure of safety because they were living pretty fine in their own compound when the guys in the 
the black vans drove up and like tried to kill them all. Sure. And I think the idea is more like this is just a better version of that. They don't like downplay that, I think, with the end of this movie, because it is the people that like introduce her around are like aware of the fact that the monsters are literally just outside the doors. But it's just it's it's because they apparently can't come in the buildings. They've managed to create yeah, a right. safe community of people. And it's not just her and Tom and the two kids. Now it's like more kids and like they have a sense of belonging. Community. Family, I gotcha. I what really sounds more interesting to me, and if I was going to take this premise, the concept of living in a world with monsters right outside the door, like, I would like to see that. Like, start the movie just before they get to the compound or whatever, and then right. show them in this world, living in this world where there's this immediate and kind of mystical danger just outside your door every second of the day. Like, that would be an incredible movie. Well, Bird Box 2, Sam. Bird Box here. <laughs> Even more birds in a box. <laughs> Four birds in a box. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's not go crazy. <laughs> the most birds you've ever seen in a box. <laughs> oh, man. Actually, I was thinking maybe Bird Box 2 is like birds boxing. And you put little bird glo- boxing gloves on their little feet and they have to like box. <laughs> It'd be that so would be cute. cute too. Maybe yeah. that's what they do for fun at the compound. But all only right. birds that want to. We want that to of, be. Of course. This is all, all absolutely volunteer. Volunteer <laughs> birds only. <laughs> Okay. All right. Well, clearly, I didn't get this movie. And I didn't see it, but I don't think you really got it either, Danielle, in terms of like... Oh, absolutely not. I still don't yeah, understand okay. it. And this is probably... I think this is the third time I've seen this movie, maybe. Well, if anyone out there can explain to us, like, anything about these creatures or what's going on in this world... I would love to be enlightened because I think the concept is super cool. I just don't have a firm grasp of how it works. <laughs> yeah. And if anybody wants to tell us their favorite Sandra Bullock movies, because I am assuming neither of them are The Net or Bird Box, but I uh, could be wrong. <laughs> you could be wrong. I mean, I think The Net is my favorite Sandra Bullock movie at this point. And I haven't even seen that one yet. <laughs> well, I, I don't not recommend Bird Box. <laughs> <laughs> Well, with that strong endorsement, if you have anything else, you can reach us at bookretorts.com. You can also tweet us, Instagram, or Facebook us at bookretorts. And if you like what we do and want to hear more bonus content, you can do so at patreon.com slash bookretorts. It's great. We also released a a couple of our little bonus episodes if you want to get a taste of what's on our Patreon. Yes, an amuse-bouche, if you will. Yes, and you get some extra little bonus cool stuff like stickers and things. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, so far, Spook Retorts. Live it up to its name. And I hope you'll join us next week for more spooky weirdness. <laughs> Excellent work, Sam. <laughs> I really got to take advantage of what I can. I appreciate your enthusiasm. I love it. Your best. <laughs> All right. Until then. Bye. Take care, everybody. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You should add a sound effect of a breaking wall. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, don't drink my blood, children. (laughs) Now, there's a horror movie. (laughs) That would be so 
scary. <laughs> like, imagine you just bust into a home. Don't ask why. You just are. And then a bunch of children surround you and start, like, drinking your blood gleefully. I like the idea that he's in the Kool-Aid Man costume. <laughs> There's no one in there. Like, the Kool-Aid Man, like, is his own entity and the Kool-Aid is his blood. Blood. It is. Like, just for this seems like a robot chicken episode. You know what? It very well might have been. <laughs> it's quite possible. 